This is the Moving Idaho Forward podcast presented by Merchants Moving and Storage, an agent of Atlas Van Lines. I'm your host, Ben Ellsworth. Whether you're moving to Idaho, from Idaho, within Idaho, or anywhere in the country, Merchants Moving and Storage provides all of the services you need to make your move as stress-free as possible. In today's episode, I talk with Shannon Robnett, the founder of Phoenix Commercial Construction, He has extensive experience in commercial real estate and development. He also has been building in the Treasure Valley since 1999 and has completed a litany of projects from police departments, fire stations, a city hall, and a long list of office buildings as well as industrial flex space. His main focus is design build projects and development projects that take his clients' needs and develops a project around those needs to specifically address their business. Join us as we discuss mindset, the real estate market in Idaho, and the importance of relationships in business. All right, it's Ben Ellsworth again with Merchants Moving and Storage, and today I have Shannon Robnett, who is a state entrepreneur and aficionado, and so with a lot of the things that <laughs> there you go. Uh, with a lot of the things that are going on right now with uh, coronavirus issues and the economy, I thought that Shannon would be an excellent resource to talk about what's going on in the Treasure Valley and in real estate in general. And we can talk a lot about uh, some of the positive things that are going on right now. So Shannon, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Ben. It's always great to be on, on your podcast. And, uh, you know, we've known each other quite a few years and I know your reputation in the community and just bringing valuable information to people is really awesome because I think for for all intents and purposes, a lot of people right now are trying to figure out where they can get information and uh, having access to positive information is always great to have. So thanks, Ben, for doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. It's been, it's been super positive so far. So you are, a, as I said, a real estate professional doing a lot of real estate development. So Give us a little bit more background on you and and how you got started in real estate and what you're doing right now. Sure. So I didn't have a whole lot of choice. My my mother is a third generation realtor. Uh, My father was a general contractor. And uh, so we've been here in the Treasure Valley for 40 years building everything from police stations, fire stations, city halls, medical offices, warehouses, you name it, we built it, schools. Uh, And and I just kind of grew up in and I watched business deals get done at the kitchen table. You know, my, my parents talking about, well, if we built this building here, if we bought that piece of land, or if we developed this. And so I saw that just kind of as, as, as very normal, very, very normal for me growing up. And I, and I just kind of fell into that. I tried to go to Boise State for a little bit, but when I was watching my, my little brother right out of high school build a couple of houses a year and make about 40 grand back in 94, I decided that college wasn't able to produce those kind of results. And so I just kind of jumped in and, uh, you know, currently we've got, uh, we've got quite a bit of multifamily that we're uh, in the process of building and um, we'll probably bring on about uh, 600 doors in the Treasure Valley this year uh, with all the projects we've got going. And so we've kind of lately focused more and more on, multifamily aspect because that's that's something that in Boise, Idaho, there's there, there wasn't a lot of because, you know, a three-bedroom, two-bath house has been under 200 grand for a long time. So that's kind of kind of my background in a nutshell as to how I wound up here. Okay. And uh, obviously you're having a ton of success 
a lot of opportunities and things like that. So how do you see the real estate industry right now and like what's going on with the coronavirus issue? Well, you know, one of the things that I see, uh, you know, I, I hear a lot of comparisons of coronavirus to 2008 and there's some, some really huge differences in that. In that 2008, we had a six or seven month inventory of houses available as the market started to fracture. We don't have any inventory now. We're running on uh, a month and a half, maybe a month's supply of real estate. Um, and we're, we're, we're not seeing, um, you know, we don't have 8% interest rates. We don't have funky loans like they had then. So that's kind of one thing I'm seeing. The other thing that I'm seeing is, you know, of the units that we have, and we have a couple hundred that we're managing and that we own, uh, and I'm, I keep hearing about all of the tenant defaults, and we're just not seeing it. We took the approach, like a lot of landlords, of communicating early and often, and we made it a point to go out and talk to our people and hand-deliver letters and, and make sure that our people knew that, that they were very important to us and they were what we needed for our success and having them stay in place was what everybody needed for success. And so we reached out to them and we communicated that, hey, if you're gonna have trouble, let's talk about it. If, you're, if you wanna do a forbearance, we can do a forbearance. You wanna do a renegotiation, we can do a renegotiation. But you know, Idaho wasn't one of those, one of those states that locked down and stopped evictions in the sense that you couldn't get it done. It's just that we didn't need to do it because we were all about that. And we had people that came to us, but it was a very small handful. And when we look at our collection rate versus the first of the year, our collection rate was just as good. We had to do a little bit more for it. We had to take, you know, we, we have some people that are paying uh, their rent with their unemployment checks. And so every week we get a portion of the rent, but in the other operators that we've talked to, that's been the story as well. So. The national, the national picture that's been painted of, of you know, massive uh, tenant default isn't there. So as far as that real estate part of the world goes, we're staying pretty solid with tenants in place. In fact, uh, now that we've started to ease back into an open society again, we've seen a, a, a dramatic swing back to the flurry of uh, leasing activity that we saw this time last year. Okay. So is that something that you think is unique to the Treasure Valley or is that the commercial real estate or the, the multifamily market in general? Yeah, you know, I think, I, I think, you know, nationwide, we're in a situation where we don't, there's not a, there's not a lot of extra product. You know, when you have, uh, without making this political at all, but when you have states step in and control landlords' rights, you see funky things happen. You're going to see some weird stuff happen in California uh, because they've now said that you can't evict anybody until the end of the year. You're going to see weird things happen in Washington because of the programs they've got going there. And I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that changes the, the trajectory of it. But what you have in 80%, 90% of the markets that are out there, tenants are the customers of landlords. And the media has forgotten that. So if we're not taking care of our customer, they can go somewhere else if there's vacancy in the market. If there's not vacancy in the market, we don't want to create vacancy. So throwing somebody out, what people don't understand is that when a landlord throws somebody out or when the landlord goes for an eviction, that's, there's an expense involved with that. There's lost lease time. There's, there's 
attorney's fees. There's things that happen. So it costs about a month and a half's rent to get someone out and get someone new in. Nobody wants to go through that effort if they don't have to. And so the fallacy or the thought process that everybody's just there to kick the tenant out and get the next guy in there and treat them like cattle, that's not what we've seen here. And, and I, I know that somebody's brother's uncle, sister's best friend's dog had that happen to them, but by and large, people are working together to be, you know, to be cohesive and to communicate and to deal with this so that we can all continue to do what we do because landlords need tenants and tenants need landlords. And if we're working that out, the easiest way to get that is to work with who you have. Yeah. So how much of that is just a reflection of your personality? I know you, I know your wife, uh, you guys are high quality individuals. So, uh, you know, I mean, and the reason I ask that is a lot of times people think that they can compartmentalize their life, right? They say, this is my business life. This is my church life. This is my family life. This is my sports life. And they think that everything is separate and that they can be, you know, a jerk over here and have it not impact what's going on over here. So how does your personal well, life impact your success? You know, uh, to be honest, um, anybody that thinks that that's the case uh, is, is pretty foolish. I, I watch my productivity uh, when things are not uh, right at home. I watch my productivity in the office go down. Uh, I watch my enjoyment at home affected by my productivity in the office. I watch a lot of things change a lot of things. And, and, uh, but one of the things that I, that I know about just being a good person, which I'm not all the time, I, I try to be, but you know, being that person that you want to encounter, if I'm the tenant, I want a landlord like me, you know? If I'm the landlord, I want a tenant like them. I want a tenant that's gonna come to me and talk to me and go, hey, listen, I'm having a little trouble. Uh, you know, can I, can I help out here? Can I, you know, is, is, there, is there stuff I can do around the complex? I mean, it really works out well when you're communicating, whether it be with your wife, your, your, you know, your fellow employees or your tenants, uh, because, you know, the reality is that that spills out of your job that spills into your home, that spills into our community. And Ben, you've been here a long time. You know, Boise's not LA, it's not Memphis, it's not, it, it's not a big city feel. And, you know, we see so much negativity in the world, why not choose to be the positive in the world? Yeah, I agree with you. And so with that being said, are there specific principles that you adhere to that, you know, you incorporate into your entire life that impact your business or things that other people can emulate? If I'm getting into real estate investment and I own a multifamily property, what kind of things can I implement in my own life to be successful? You know, that's a really good question. And, and one of the things that's happened in the last couple of years is I've gotten more and more involved in multifamily that didn't, that wasn't my focus uh, through a lot of my building career and development career. But one of the things that I'm realizing with that is that multifamily is, is a lot more of a team sport. It's not, it's not a you do it yourself kind of a thing. You've got a developer, you've got a builder, you've got a finance guy, you've got an equity people. You, there's people that you're pulling together. But, but the takeaway I get from that is that if you look at your life, your life, Ben, is a partnership. Right. My life really, truly is a partnership, whether that's with my spouse, my kids, my community, my church, 
uh, my neighbors. And so if you're treating people, you know, a, a lot of times people look at it and they say, well, Ben, you're a business associate. You have value because I can get things from you. I'm going to get a better deal from you if I'm nice. I'm going to get more out of this relationship if I'm nice. I go to networking events and I put on a face that I'm nice. But the reality is if you're not that way in your community, Idaho's too small for you. And you're, you're going to see that come around. If you're that way in your business and in your personal life, you're going to see a lot more harmony and you're going to see your, your, your ability to connect with other people that'll lead you down business trails you never imagined. And so I've always had kind of the, the philosophy that do business like that's your brother, do business like that's your uncle, because somebody's going to do that business back to you and right, wrong, or indifferent. We all make mistakes, but it doesn't mean that we need to have it shoved on a, on a stick in our eye and to be able to do good business is really important and really it needs to be it needs to be done that way and so you know kind of do unto others as you would have them do unto you but I've I've done business with some of the biggest and the best and the brightest in town and have been treated very very well uh, and then I've, I've done business with some of the upstarts and been treated very poorly and it has to do with I think their lack of experience that this town it will come around you know, yeah. Boise, yeah. Idaho, we are changing. We're still small enough that we remember you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's always, it always comes back in some, some capacity. So, well, as you brought up, uh, usually in spades. Yeah, exactly. As you brought up, uh, real estate in Boise, what are some of the numbers that you're seeing right now? And how is that impacting the outlook? You know, as we mentioned before, there's a lot of doom and gloom and people think that the sky is falling in every way. So what what numbers are you looking at that helps you to be positive and, and to, to kind of look at things on the brighter side? Well, you know, I, I have the opportunity to talk with a lot of people that are smarter than me. And before you say it, Ben, yes, there are a lot of people smarter than me. Uh, but one of the things that I know is that, you know, I've talked with people that are some really big players in, in the LA area and, and they're all over the Northwest. And, you know, everybody in Idaho says, well, you know, this coronavirus, everybody's going to pack up all their stuff in California and come bolting this way, especially with how much uh, uh, we've been able to work remotely and things. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. You know, there is going to be a lot of people that are going to get out of their life in California and Oregon. They're going to move to less populated areas, you know, um, but there's also going to be some pushback from that because they got to sell what they have, right? They, they, they've got to dispose of the property they have in, in, in Oregon to have the money to move here. So I think it's going to, it's going to accelerate what we see in Idaho, uh, but it's not going to make it explosive. Um, but the other side that we're seeing is, you know, school bonds have been put on hold. Hospitals uh, do a lot of construction during the year to stay nonprofit. They no longer are going to need that this year. So those projects are going to be put on hold. So I think that as those workers become available, it will create kind of a kind of a rundown effect because right now we have such a small inventory. We're under a month's supply of inventory for, for purchase. Uh, to give you uh, some numbers from a, a friend of mine, Jeff Martell, who's the broker over at 43 Degree North, you know, he, he said 
the, these daily market reports are dangerous in the sense that you cannot judge a market by what you see today. However, in the environment that we live in with COVID where everything is changing on a daily basis, they have become a little bit of a necessity. So today in Ada County, there were 53 new houses listed on the market. That doesn't mean they're brand new. It just means they're brand new to real estate sale, okay? They could, be, they could be a 25 year old bench home. They could be a brand new CBH, we don't know. 53 were listed, 52 properties went pending and 29 wow. properties closed and acted on Wednesday, okay? Wow. So that means that we're, when we look at what came on the market, it doesn't mean that the 53 that came on the market went under contract, but of the market supply, we're seeing what's coming on the market is being contracted that day. So we're not seeing it grow. We're not seeing a bigger market. We're not seeing it shift to a seller's, uh, or it's still a seller's market. We're not seeing it shift to a buyer's market where they can be picking. So in Canyon County, we saw 17 new homes come on the market, 20 under contract yesterday almost double what came on the market, right? So what we're seeing is we're seeing the constriction. So, so seeing some of these schools not be built, seeing some of these um, hospital projects maybe not happen, isn't all bad because it's not like those workers are gonna be out of work because as we can still see, we still have a very small supply. So as those workers come down, they're gonna be available and they're going to help build more houses, which will help get us up over that curve, right? So that we can start to get a normalized supply, a three month supply of, of real estate would be phenomenal because it would give people choices, right? Right now people are asking the question of, do you wanna buy this house or do you wanna keep renting for another year? You know, Because they can't afford to go month to month because there's not a lot of apartments. We've, I've seen some studies that are saying that in the third quarter, we're gonna see an 8% vacancy in apartments. Now to, to bring you all up to speed, 5% is what we like to see. That's a good balance between landlord and tenant. What we've seen for the last 36 months is under 4%, closer to 2.5% vacancy in apartments. So it's been very heavily weighted on landlords and we've been seeing about a 12% increase in rents every year, year over year, okay? If we can get to a place where we are creating that kind of volume where there's an 8% vacancy, that's not gonna slow developers down. That's going to give tenants a breathing room that's gonna level off and that's gonna bring some stability into the rents for a little bit. And then as those units are absorbed, we're gonna go back into growth mode in the, in the first quarter of 2021. The other reality is as developers, uh, an apartment complex takes 36 months. So the fact that I have just started 190 units in, in Meridian, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't make me panic because I won't have anything to come online during this window of 8% vacancy, right? So what I'm seeing is the third quarter, fourth quarter, we're gonna see a little bit of fallout that is going to maybe hopefully ease the real estate market on the rent and lease side, but it will not affect the job side to do that. So we're still gonna have record employment. We're still gonna stay strong on the employment. Once we get out of this funk where everybody's been 
made to be unemployed. This is not a, we're unemployed because there's not jobs out there. We are made to be unemployed. So you're going to see that flip back real quick and go right back to where everybody's got a job. Plus you have all the liquidity because while we've been unemployed, a lot of people are actually making more money than they were used to. And because of quarantine, they haven't had anywhere to spend it. Yeah. So it's going to be Christmas in July. <laughs> so the real estate market is very indicative of, you know, the overall market in a given area, correct? So from yeah. what I'm hearing that you're saying is that things are really good in the Treasure Valley and in Idaho in general, right? And things are going to get better. I mean, yeah. you know, after that window of, of tight prices and, and prices rising and rents going up, things are going to get better. We're going to see an expansion in the, in the, in the rental uh, selection. That's better. We're going to see, an, hopefully, an expansion in new homes on the market for uh, to try and maybe swing that from a seller's market to maybe something that has something equalized in there. But then the other thing that we're going to see is we're going to see people moving in from out of state, whether that's investors, because when you see what, what happens with, with political policies that get thrown around in California or Oregon or Washington, it doesn't matter if you agree with their policy, 50% of the people don't. So you're going to see a negative reaction from about a third of the population, regardless of whether you like the idea or not, right? So you're gonna see landlords unloading properties in California, unloading properties in Washington, getting rid of stuff in Boston because of how they did it there. I believe it's the governor of Wisconsin's not real popular right now. So people are gonna be selling rental properties in Wisconsin. So all of that money is gonna move somewhere else and they're gonna look at a, a, a state like Idaho uh, or South Dakota very positively because of the way that we handled this and the way that we stayed pro-landlord. Doesn't matter if you like landlords or not. We stayed pro-landlord. That's going to attract landlords. That's going to funnel in more money. So what, we're gonna, what we saw in November for our projections of how the growth was going to go, I think are going to accelerate. I think we're going to have more growth. We're also going to have all of a sudden more workers available because retail is going to stop. We're not building any shops right now because we just learned that we could do all our shopping with Mr. Bezo and you know we're we're you know we're not stepping out into the office space. We don't need any more office space. So all those workers are going to be are going to be repositioned and shot over this direction where we can now do this project and do do more housing because the supply of workers will be available. Yeah. So I think it's all really good stuff for Idaho. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And when you couple that with what I've learned from Clark Kraus over at the Boise Valley Economic Partnership, there are tons of co corporations that are moving to Idaho and things that have already been, you know, signed and, and closed. And so there's, it's just a matter of time before these companies actually get here. And some of these jobs, they're high tech. Some of them are manufacturing, you know, production, uh, industrial type things. But uh, when you look at the average salary, for the employees that are going to work for those companies, some of them, you know, like 50 to 60 K, right. But in the tech world, one in particular is averaging or is promising about 110 K per year 
per employee. And now obviously that means that some are going to be making right. 200 and some are going to be making 60, but it's going to boil down to people making right. really good money in the treasure Valley. So when you couple that with what's going on in the but, real estate world, it's very promising for the treasure Valley. And you know, one of the things that people have had to look at Ben is, you know, if you're wanting to relocate 800 people here for your business uh, or bring, bring a, an operation here that's going to employ a thousand people, you know, I believe the statistic is 1.3 ancillary jobs are created for every job that's created. So when you bring a thousand people to town, creating 1,300 jobs, whether it's checker at, Cat, uh, at Costco, uh, the, 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 the guy at Maverick, the guy that tires on at Les Schwab, th this is how the economy grows. But one of the problems that the Treasure Valley has had is we have nowhere to put them. And we watched that happen when, when our economy got torpedoed in 2008. We saw that problem happen in North Dakota with the, with the Bakken oil boom. There was nowhere to put people. So it didn't matter what you offered the people to move there. They couldn't stay there because there was no way to sustain life because there was nowhere to live. And not that we've gotten to that level, but we have had a pretty serious layer in here where I get it, you wanna offer me $70,000 to move here and take this tech job, but I can't survive with what I have to pay for housing. So to be able to bring some workers and reallocate them from different job sites into more of a residential housing market is gonna be an incredible thing because it's gonna help eliminate that bottleneck of I can't find a place to live. Sure, so do you see that changing on a, on a pretty quick uh, basis? When, when, uh, when these companies start to move here, do you think um, they're going to, you know, see some know, major changes? I, well, I, th I here's what I know is going to happen. Uh, when COVID first started two months ago, when we started first hearing about it in the lockdowns and we saw other places, but even before we got locked down, my phone started ringing and it was framers and it was concrete guys. And it was, it was guys that got contracts canceled because of uncertainty, okay? And everybody has had the same mantra. We'll, we'll start again when we know what's happening, right? But the home builders haven't really done that much pulling back. It's been, you know, uh, the Jackson's food stores or, you know, the schools or, you know, the new park they were gonna build or the new hospital wing they were gonna add on to this facility or that facility, right? And so those, those projects have been kind of pulled back a little bit, but I think what you're going to see is the demand is very steady. So margins in home building are going to stay high, which home builders are there for the margin. Let's not kid ourselves. So if they can keep the margins high, they're going to keep pumping out product. They're going to keep moving forward because it's not where we were in 08, where they were stacking them up to sell them later. These guys are selling pre-solds. And so they're moving this product out. I think you're going to see that there is going to be in the next, in the next six months, there is going to be a steady rise of, of available homes. But you have to understand if we triple the amount of homes that are on the market right now, Ben, we still do not equal and we do not enter into an equal market until we have a six month supply of homes on the market. We've had, I mean, we, we have had, I don't, everybody knows somebody that has sold a home in the last six months and nobody has told the story of they waited 45 days for an offer. Nobody's told that story. 
So, you know, but, but if you go back to even go back before 2008, going to 2004, which was a very healthy market here, you were 30 to 45 days on the market before you got an offer and another 30 to 45 days to close. It wasn't an escalation where I'm going to offer $1,000 more than asking and the next guy beat me out by $5,000 more than asking. That's not a normal market. That may have been the market that we've called normal, but I think you're going to see that immediately begin as soon as we get our phase two and our phase three and our restaurants open back up and everybody can kind of look around and see that we're not going to die. I think you're going to see home building the pace pick up because the availability will be there. And I think by the end of the year, you're going to see inventories rise, which is going to be a very healthy thing. Now, if I'm the CEO looking to move 800 or 1,000 people here, I just found the ability to accelerate my timeline because I can do it and my people can have a place to live. Yeah, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Like I said earlier, you are the real estate guru that I turn to, and I know you have your, your resources that you can turn to to help improve your yeah, expertise. Yeah, I do. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be hanging your hat on my advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it, it, it's extremely... But I appreciate the compliment. It's a very nice compliment. <laughs> well, everybody's, everybody gets their information from somebody else, right? And so your, yeah. your information that you're yeah. sharing is extremely valuable and you have the sources to be able to back up everything. So in order to help right. me be a good resource for you, if somebody wants... Uh, advice on what's going on in the real estate market, or if somebody's looking for a place to live, you know, maybe they're relocating here and they need uh, an apartment for six months to, to a year. How do they get a hold of you? Well, you can, uh, I've got executive management services, which you can find online, or you can reach me at shannonrobnet.com. Um, I'm pretty available. You can find me on Instagram, Shannon Ray Robnet. Um, you know, I'm out there. I'm trying to educate. I love giving people uh, information that they can then make their own conclusions from because Ben, like you know, it's it's not about what I think the information is. It's about the information and how you are able to disseminate that and implement that into your life that makes it helpful. And that's what we really want is a healthy, helpful community that helps each other realize our potential as Idahoans and helps us bring the community together instead of well, I have my information and you've got to be completely wrong, but being able to reach that and, and be able to grow Idaho the way that I grew up in Idaho, being that, that we're a helpful community, that we're working together, that we're seeing this growth because we're having staggering growth and we all want to be a part of it, whether that's planning the new library or planning the new park or, or, or the school locations or building a, apartment complexes like I do. We all want to be a part of it and every voice matters. So I would encourage people to get involved with their communities, get involved with the parks and rec, get involved with the cities, because I know as developers, we really want the community to, to love what we do. And a lot of times people, you know, they've got the not in my backyard attitude, but we really do value people's opinion because I make my living developing Idaho that I grew up in. I moved here when I was eight years old. So every piece of Idaho that's changed, I've seen in the last 40 years. And, and developers really want to be a part of that. So when you see something going on, be a part of the change. And 
you know, if you've got some, some ideas and some thoughts, get out there, be a part of your city council, you know, don't just take what Shannon says or what Ben says, get in there and be a part of your community to make your community better. Yeah, exactly. I I hundred percent agree. And you know, it's, it's easy to, uh, fall into the, the, or fall down the rabbit holes that you see on social media or in the news media. Right. And whether it's, you know, conservative or liberal yeah. or somewhere in between, you know, it's, it's, uh, easy to, to fall prey to that stuff. Um, what I like about conversing with you is looking at the real estate numbers, looking at, you know, what's going on in the job markets and things like that. People can realize, Hmm, maybe not everything I see on the news is factual. Right. And maybe I can, right. Uh, let go of the fear and I can go get involved in the community and I can reach out to people and figure out how I can serve and, and, you know, figure out how I can learn. And, uh, you know, I think that people following that advice will be amazed at what kind of opportunities they come across. No, uh, you're right that, there. I just can say, I, I find uh, every time that you and I get together and chat, uh, it's always extremely valuable. And I walk away feeling smarter, which is good. Um, sometimes probably a little bit dumber because you use words that I'm not quite sure of, you know, <laughs> like <But> worker. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Worker. Yeah. I just, no, I, I really I, appreciate and, your and time, you, man. And I really appreciate the time. Yeah. And I appreciate yours. And I, you know what, I, I really love the fact that you're, you're trying to bring a positive voice and you know, you're right. People, People need to look at this. People need to reach out and engage and people need to know that they can do it from where they're at with what they have. So I appreciate yeah. everything you do, man. I look forward to talking with you again. Yeah. Thanks, Shannon. Appreciate your time, brother. Let me know if I can do uh, anything for you. Thanks for joining us on the Moving Idaho Forward podcast. If you would like to connect with Shannon and his team, go to www.phoenixcommercialconstruction.com. You can also follow Shannon on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next time as we continue discussing all the amazing things happening in business, real estate, banking, commercial development, and technology within Idaho. This is the Moving Idaho Forward podcast brought to you by Merchants Moving and Storage.